Hello and welcome to the Underpowered Podcast, where we are celebrating the last year of gaming on this podcast. Today, Casey and I are going to cover the top five games that we appreciated over the course of the last year. We're going to be dropping mini episodes and cover each game as we make our way up the list. We're going to start with game number five and go all the way down to the game we loved the most in this last year. That said, sit back, relax, and enjoy this is our fifth most appreciated game of the last year, the ones that we loved the most, and also some honorable mentions, huh, Casey? Mm-hmm. You can't... The game, they're just... Video games are so good. They're awesome. Some might even say, it's the best time to play video games ever. <laughs> That's my shout-out to Vinny. Fair assessment, fair assessment. Games are good right now, and I actually put together a list. I, create, I crossed 23 games off my list this year. Feeling pretty good about that number. Dang. I love when Nintendo does their breakdown of, uh, hey, these are the games you played. Yeah. And you, it shows you what time you put in. Because I don't know if I, I can do that off the top of the dome like that. I've been trying to think of all the games <laughs> I played because I played so many this year. I think I've played more video games this year than I have in a long time. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing. And I know that we're trying to narrow it down to five different games that we love the most. And that's kind of difficult considering how many games that I kind of played personally. So in terms of honorable mentions, I wanted to say that Ori and the Will of the Wisps just barely missed my list. I love that game, but that will not be on my top five. Yeah, I know. That's your honorable mention. It was a, It's a cool-looking game. It's a fun-looking game. It's got some style, but I think you played a lot of really mm-hmm. big titles, so I am surprised, but also yeah. I get it. Uh, my, my honorable mention is the biggest cultural phenomenon of four years ago in Undertale, or two years ago. That is a great game. It's cool that it's sentient, and it's cool that your decisions are weighted, and the music is fire. <laughs> the music is so good, and the soundtrack's probably one of the best ever to ever do it. I will fight that. Um, but I just played a lot of other games that I love that I'm really excited to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to narrow it down to the last five games of the year, considering there's still a lot of games that I'm halfway through the process on. Um, I'm playing Destiny right now. I absolutely love that. AC Valhalla is another one that I would probably put in my top five, but I'm not done mm-hmm. yet. So I can't make a judgment call until we see credits, man. We're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. So that said, what game did you bring to the table as the fifth most appreciated, loved, however you want to frame it, the one, the, the fifth most in your lists of the ones you played in the last 12 months? If I had to weigh it, right? Like if I go mm-hmm. by feelings, right? If I go by my gut... I had Ooh. two because I'm a big wow. and I didn't feel it was fair. So I'll give you five B first, really quick. It's a. Do you want to guess? Do you want to take a guess, or do you oh, want to wait for later? Do I, I, do I draw I can, this out? I don't think there's any way I'm going to guess. You played too many titles this year. Okay, uh, I'm going with Animal Crossing. Really? That, so my that far B. down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do enjoy it. My wife was the predominant player of it. There's aspect like to it, but what really turned me off on it, there's like this. My only critique is I want to be able to interact with the items more and with my character. Like I put a punching bag, and all you can do is grab it with two hands and shake it. Like let them do something. Like they they can build it from there. Um, they did a lot of great other quality improvement lights uh, or quality of life improvements, but. I, and, and the building of the island is really cool, and how you get characters to come to your island, the choices that you make there, and the terraforming. And what people have done is great, 
but I think there's still improvements to be made. But I will always associate this game with 2020 because everybody <laughs> was playing it and it was a good escape from COVID. Like, that's the real story for me this year is this game became the biggest game for a while. And everyone could see the beauty of it because I loved it on 3DS. I loved it on GameCube, right? Those were the two I really loved. And so it was cool to see people. I'm like, well, the older entries might actually be even better in, in some opinions. But it's a great game. And and it's just fun, and you can do whatever, and you it makes you want to do stuff to your actual house. I found. <laughs> <laughs> so, did this inspire you to like refurbish your house a little bit? Yeah, I you know this year we've done a lot. We done a lot with uh, we got new air conditioning done, right? Like I think about my yard way more than I used to. Um, I try to do some real life Animal Crossing because I have that, but I use my leaf blower a lot. Do you feel that this game really like hit home for you because it was a family activity during the time that the pandemic hit? Yeah, I think that's the big reason because it brought us all together and it's like one of the first video game experiences I'll have with my son when I really think about that and my wife as a group It's we all did this and he was adorable to watch play and it brought us together and it was something to do take our minds off of like, hey, we're locked up. Um, and it's it, the music, it's so relaxing and, and, and it can make the fandom of it, it's the the people would surprise you, right? You could probably find like a biker guy that's really intimidating playing that, you know, like in his house would be like, I made it all unicorns or something, right? You can find that weird stereotype. Um, but it, I like that it brought people together and it was a good escape. But I think for me, it just wasn't as good as the energy. I didn't get as deep and there's more I could be doing. And I don't know if I'm going to go back to it. Like, I'm not one yeah. that's going to play every day. And I think for a while there, you were playing every day, yeah. obviously. I mean, it's in the beginning, I think that's one of yeah. those things that you do is you check in, you go through your checklist, you knock everything yeah. out. And the amount of staying power that the game has had is, I think, the biggest um, compliment to that game, right? Because I feel like in other games of the mm -hmm. same uh, style, you basically come in early, you're very um, habitual in terms of doing the chores day in and day out, and then you fall off quickly. Whereas Animal Crossing really stayed in the conversation and is still even in the conversation um, as they just came out with a holiday yeah. update recently. Yeah, and they can keep doing that, but at one point it's going to kind of be, hey, we're doing this, it's the, it's the new year. You're going to go through the same cycle again. Um, I played other sims yeah. like that, you know, like when you think of Stardew Valley or Harvest Moon, you know, a month is, a, is maybe two hours of playing, <laughs> right? You go mm -hmm. through, it's pretty fast. Um, and it's a good game. And it's a great game, and I'm glad it got people really into the Switch. Um, so I, that that's a love it, play it from you. It sounds like yeah, I love it, play it. If you were we or not we, if you are a Nintendo fan and you want something to gain a community, I'm sure there's still people. But I think it's I I don't know what the staying power is for a lot of people. I'm curious what like how many people are still playing. So that is number five B for you. So you have a five A as yes, well. Yes, I do have a five A, but I want to hear about your five. <laughs> I've got a lot of talking. So I have gone back and forth on what my fifth most loved game of the year is. And I have a huge, mm -hmm. a pretty decent list here with a lot of different titles. And in my personal opinion, I would say number five spot for me is Middle Earth Shadow of War. Really? Um, yeah, which was a sleeper for me. It was one of those games where I really enjoyed the first one. The second one I was not expecting to like because it had been critically just uh, not really received well, especially at launch. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was from microtransactions, looking back on it. Yes. Playing it now, I'm really impressed with the overall package. The movement is good. The skill upgrades are good. Um, the story is not really for me. It's more of a Lord of the Rings tale. But I don't think that's why you would come and play through this entire game, for me personally. 
Um, I think it's one of those where you can come in, you can check things off of a map, you get that dopamine release when you're making your way through the city, and then the intricacies of the political back and forth of the enemy armies is really the most intriguing part of this game for me. Being able to like influence other people's armies either by infiltrating through individuals that had become allies over the course of the game or just going heads up with certain characters makes them memorable fights within that world, which I think is really hard to do in a video game based setup, right? We all remember those main bosses that you go up against in some of these games, but those are normally specifically crafted enemies that are there to get a rise out of you in some way, shape or form, right? In this, you are basically using the political infrastructure to allow some of these seemingly normal NPCs in, in comparison to character models and stuff of that nature and make them special and unique to your play experience. And I think it's just a wonderful game, especially if you're going to go back and play it now. It's cheap, and I think it's well worth anybody's I'm time. I'm surprised that it made it because you were kind of like, uh, yeah. It, let me ask you this because I know you're not Lord of the Rings fan as much you said that and i i'm a fan I, i'm a big little mm -hmm. tour guy would it draw you to that like have you what's your background with them with lord of the rings yeah like have you seen all the movies have you read the books have you done any of that the hobbit um i read the books when i was in high school maybe junior high and i remember liking them i didn't like love them mm -hmm. love them I mean, people really got really got into them the movies came out i saw the movies i enjoyed the movies um I'm they are just, good cinema like you can't uh, yes, they are. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, the intricacies and the different characters and the backstories in each characters, that's where mm -hmm. I fall short. And that's why the, the Lord kind of fell short for me is because in the books, you would they'd start talking about where they came from and what they did. And centuries ago, this is how it evolved. And that just really didn't hit uh, for me. It's like, hey, these characters, how do they evolve in the world now? You want the you want the present and you want the action. I do. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that game, this game can does that for you, it sounds like. So... Do you think there's going to be a third entry in this series? That's what I was curious about. Oh, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I think that this game came out and it didn't really do as well as they hoped it would do. But I imagine it sold quite a few copies. Um, I believe that that studio specifically has been taking off of the Lord of the Rings franchise and they're put on the Batman franchise, I think is where they are currently. And you can mm, see that in, in the yeah cool. you can cool. see it in the combat like the way you're bouncing from enemy to enemy um, is pretty intricate and it's very reminiscent of those Batman games that came out in the last five years or so I guess ten years now. What's your biggest complaint with the game? Um, I think that there's too much of it, uh, and by that I mean there are systems upon systems upon systems, and when those systems click together in a way in which everything is firing on all cylinders, it feels magical. Because you're having these characters that you know are in the world come and approach you in certain situation, and it has a furthering effect that pushes on um, the the systems that you are, mm -hmm. you are playing in. And I think when all those systems come together, it's great. But I think that there is too much going on in this game i think that the skill tree if you look at it it is overwhelming there there's so many things going on there that you get to a point where you're just earning skill points and you're just like okay whatever i'll drop them in there when i get to them um so i just think there's too much of it i think the worlds are a little too big and at the end of that game it gets a little too grindy and i think that that's why it was so critically panned in the beginning is because 
they were basically doing a microtransaction setup to get good gear and recruit orcs. And at the end of that game, it gets really grindy. You see credits and then it's like, but if you want the real ending, go and do this, this, and this. And that's where I stopped. And I think that was the perfect place to stop. If you're going to see that all the way through, it's going to be a grind. And you can feel that it's going to be a grind. And I think that's why people would bounce off of it there at the end. But at that point, you've already played the entire game. So there's still a lot of good stuff here before that's you hit good. that grind that's against. Good. That's a fair complaint. And that's probably that's like what gets you a five spot. You know what I mean? It's not it's a really well done game. It's a would you say it's a try it or a buy it's a buy it or try it because it's on Game Pass, correct? I would say try it if you can mm. if you can do it. Um this is gonna be one of those games that I imagine is pretty cheap. Like I, I'm not looking yeah. it up right now, but I imagine the price point on and this. And the is Animal Crossing low. for me is a try it as well too. Like you everyone should try it and it depends how diehard Nintendo you are. Um and just really checking in on the community. It can be So if cool. I'm looking up Middle Earth Shadow of War, you can get it for nine dollars for PlayStation four, six bucks on PC. Then, so I mean, like the price, the price of entry on this is so low that I think it's a it's a win. Yeah, Animal Crossing is a AAA title, so that's my thing. It's mm-hmm. a lot of investment. So if you're really about it, go for it. And if you're not, you know, so my my five A game is more in line. Yeah, with that. and that is that is Hollow Knight. Whoa, yeah. okay. Yeah. Hollow Knight. I was super hyped on it when it first played out. I was like, this could be a top ten game for me. I did not realize how much I like Metroidvanias. I'm going to come to that because I have memories of my dad beating Super Metroid, him and I beating Super Metroid and ca- like old school NES Castlevania. I remember him playing that too and us playing that together. And I always thought Castlevania was incredibly hard and I was a little scared of this game because I never could beat Castlevania by myself. And this made me realize I can do this because I'm a big, strong, grown-up now. <laughs> I don't need my dad. It's just a really cool game. You take place as your uh, nameless little knight and you're in Hollow Nest, and you're tasked with going under and discovering what was past of these ancient ruins of these fellow knights of yours. And what is amazing about that game is the level of difficulty spikes in a Dark Souls way. Because if you die, you lose all of your money, and your soul is there, and you can go back and get it, or it's gone forever. So, like, the game kind of teases you with, like, oh, you died here if you want to get your money, or you can go and just try to grind it out, which is always hard, because you want upgrades, right? That That's a big thing in this game. Money is important, and grinding out money in the beginning is really important. But the style of the game is so cool. It's this black and white, and then there's certain zones with really bright colors that pop out. And the gameplay gets you, because you're like, oh, I can make this jump, because it's got a little bit of platformer, it's got a little bit of action, it's got really hard boss fights. And you feel really good about a boss fight, but a boss fight might take you 10, 20 tries. <laughs> you know, it's like you're going to beat your head a little bit. Um, there's multiple endings, and I got an okay ending. I did not get what is considered the, like, true best ending. Like, when you get the, you know, when you have that many endings, like, what's, like, perfect mode? <laughs> what did the developers want you to see? If you did everything right in their eyes. And... There's going to be some DLC called the Silk Song that's coming out, and the lore that they're building with these little bug people are great. And I love the badge mechanic as well. I thought the badge mechanic was cool because you have different perks. Like, I'm sure how you played was very different. Like, you played Hollow Knight, yes? I did, yeah. And the badge system, like, you're basically able to create different builds with the badges, and they basically have different uh, passives, right? So you're able to basically create builds of that character where you could essentially run in and not even 
swing your sword and destroy people if you set up your build right. that way. Alternatively, you, you could, could make it so your sword could do massive damage as well, right? Right. You could extend the reach of your sword. You there could you, you could ex- yeah, get extra magic spells and shoot fireballs if you found the fireball technique or whatever, right? Um, I always had the extended sword because then your swing, you can kill things farther away and closer. It's awesome. And then uh, the other thing I always did was this, if you took the bug spore, the mushroom spore, with the stink bug, you fight a stink bug, who's by far my favorite boss fight in that game, because he's like this—he's dung beetle, right? They really like pivot in, and you're fighting a giant pot file crap, like the whole fight. And so, if you mix the spore with the stink power, you have a giant, giant fart cloud that does dot damage, and you can let out a spore fart, and it kills like people because if they come into it, it's great. I was like, clever, clever. So, um, in terms of this game, like there's different builds. What did you feel? Why is this in the five spot? What What are the shortcomings of this game? I don't think, because it is hard, you know, like I put 40 hours into the game and it's difficulty is diff- difficult, but I wish it was a little clearer about where the perfect ending is. Like I had to look up quite a bit to get mm-hmm. through it. I was like, okay, let me see what the game says here. Let me see what it says. Uh, like what's the best route? Cause when I was going by myself, you know, you have to find the map keeper to get the map. You have to build the map. It's, uh, I think that's hard. Like mm-hmm. that. You're like, Oh no. Um, and the permadeath makes you like the permadeath does make you have to go back when you don't necessarily want to go back. Like I, I, you kind of get the mechanics at a certain point and you just want to be able to grind through and you're like, Oh, I have to fight. I have to fight. Every mob comes back and every, even like the passive mobs can be hard if you're not good at the timing, right? The yeah. speed runs are amazing. <laughs> I watch those. Yeah. Like, oh, wow! It blows my mind. It blows my mind. Yeah, it's it's but, funny you bring that up because that's really what made it one of those games that wasn't like my top ten game as well. Is the uncertainty of where to push in terms of that game? Like, which way am I supposed to go? Like, I just okay, I just got a new territory and I want to go in this territory, but where do I find the map in order to reveal mm-hmm. the different sections that I'm covering? And that was a pretty big frustrating sticking point for me. Um, I played it when this game came to Switch. So it got a lot of buzz on PC, and then it came to Switch later. And um, I think it's a great pocket game, but bring your patience hat because, oh man, it can be a little tough. And everyone should know I play everything if you're a new listener on the Switch. I am a Nintendo diehard. But it's not just Nintendo titles. I play a lot of different games. But yeah, it is a... it's, It's... Price currently, like, what do you think that game's worth? In I mind? would say, I mean, I think that's a forty dollars game. It's probably priced right now about twenty bucks. I would imagine fifteen twenty. You, it's. I think it's worth a ton. Like, I think they could definitely ask more money for it, and people should play it because you're paying a lot on the eShop because they're not physical. Is fifteen bucks. There you go. Yeah, I think I think it's the right price point. It's a perfect price point. It's a definite buy it at that price point. I think you could get it on sale probably after Christmas. There's always after there's Black Friday and then there's like the day, a couple days after Christmas, there's a sale in between. Mm-hmm. GameStop was notorious yeah. for that, right? Like, oh, trade in time. Like this is, we're going to bonus that. We're going to, we just want to get people in. So for me, it's just priced perfectly. And it's something I could try again. You know, I, I don't put it away. Like, I don't think I, I might want to pick it up on a rainy day and just play a level or two and see. I like to sometimes fire up an old game, maybe to beat, maybe to play again. And I will say but, that this game is really difficult to go back to. I have tried to jump back in 
yeah. from time to time, and I really have trouble doing it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to play this game, I would say try to stick with it as long as you can, or maybe make yourself some notes if you're about to walk yeah. away from it, just to say, hey, you're trying to go in this direction, so. or you're at hey error at this point. Right, and I, I think Tim, Team Cherry was the studio to develop it, and I can't wait to see what they do next. I would like to see Silk Song. I would like to see a new property, too. I think they make good games. And Silk Song has been rumored for a while. I mm-hmm. know that they've been talking about it being DLC. They've been talking about being an, its own standalone campaign. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what that eventually comes out to be. Mm-hmm. It's they're ready for a second game for sure. But um, that's a that's a great game. So you have five B Animal Crossing, five A Hollow Knight. Yes. My number five is Middle Earth: Shadow of War, and that is going to wrap part five. You have anything you have anything to add, Casey? I think that's it. Yeah, so what's going to happen is we're going to release these episodes in parts for the next four or five days. And then what we're going to do is we're going to drop the entirety of this Game of the Year recap in about a week or so. So if you're going to stick with us, it'll be about 20-minute episodes dropping in your feed in the days to come. Alternatively, you can wait and listen to all at once. We appreciate you. Happy holidays. Thank you for joining us while we cover our favorite games of the year. Want more? Follow us on socials in the attached description. Check out our website at underpoweredmedia.com. We're chatting in Discord, and feel free to leave us a review. Five stars, please.